I'm Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Dr. Kathy King and I want you to know you are important to us. We are thrilled that you're here with us today for another episode of Writing Works Wonders. Welcome to Writing Works Wonders. We're so pleased you're with us for an outstanding interview with Jody Thomas. We know you'll enjoy this popular episode from the Writing Works Wonders Vault of Spotlight Spectaculars, originally recorded near the dawn of history of Writing Works Wonders podcast. Jody Thomas is a New York Times bestselling author who visited with us and shared her tremendous insights about the writing craft and process. In addition, she provided mentoring suggestions for authors new and experienced. What's more, near the end of the show, You'll also hear her fielding questions and exchanging comments with the many fans who piled into the Zoom room to greet her. So sit back in your easy chair or rev up that exercise bike and get ready for another episode full of learning, laughter, and new ideas for readers and writers. I'm so pleased to introduce you to our honored author guest interviewee, Jody Thomas. With millions of books in print, Jody Thomas is both a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author of over 50 novels and countless short story collections. Her stories travel through the past and present days of Texas and draw readers from around the world. In July 2006, Jody was the 11th writer to be inducted into the Romance Writers of America Hall of Fame. With five RITAs to her credit, along with the National Reader's Choice Awards and Booksellers Best Awards, Thomas has proven herself a master storyteller. Among the many different novels that she's written are several series that you might recognize. These include the Harmony series, the Ransom Canyon series, and the McLean series. She's also known for writing historical works and contemporary fiction. We know you will enjoy this fun-filled episode with the master author, Jody Thomas, and the Writing Works Wonders game. I'm Dr. Kathy King, and I'm so pleased to introduce you to Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Kathy and I are celebrating today because we have number one best-selling author Jody Thomas with us. She's going to be talking to us about writing and publishing. Welcome, Jody. Thank you for accepting our invitation. We're so happy you're here with us today. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Jody, how did you get introduced to the National Library Service in Talking Books? My father was blind, and he loved the books that he got by mail. And we all sit around sometimes and listen to them. I love walking the land when you're talking about walking with the herd. I did that uh, video because watching and listening and and feeling the wind when you're on a ranch, the whole world, it seems like that ranch is the world. And it really is. They're pretty self-sufficient. I will never forget standing on a windy day next to a windmill and hearing that click, click, click of the windmill. 
I think no matter where I was in the world, I would always remember that. Once a friend who raised horses asked me if I wanted to walk with the herd. She said it was the most peaceful thing she'd ever encountered. So we stepped through the fences of the corral and walked with the horses. And she was right. It was very peaceful. You will have some characters who come from the land. They're a product of that way of life. And you'll have others that will never understand the people that were born on this soil. Others will be foreign to the place and others belong. That's what will make your story great. Do your research. Put up pictures uh, in your workspace. Build a map to hang your plot on. Talk to the people. Learn how they think, what they fear, what they love. When I walk the land, not only my senses come alive, but so does my imagination. To me, a story doesn't begin with the research. It begins with the walk. How do you stay in your character when you're writing? When I start a book, I walk around, I think about, and I just finished this week because I drove around uh, small towns in East Texas. I stopped at every museum. I do a lot of walking the town, taking in the smells and the sounds, either the beauty of it or the ugliness of it. That helps me, and it develops my character. For a week, I ate meals, places where I could listen to people talk and how they talked and what they talked about. And then once I find my character, actually, they kind of find me. (laughs) Mm. And, for example, when I started Ransom Canyon, it was probably midnight in my study, and it was quiet. It was almost like Stanton Kirkland walked in my study and sat down and started talking. Mm. I knew he wasn't there, but in my mind, he was Six foot three, he was wearing a cowboy hat, and he was going to tell me about ranching. The first thing he said was something I heard a rancher say, that he didn't own the ranch. He was the caretaker. That kind of attitude carried the Ransom Canyon series through nine books. You feel the character, and you get into the way he thinks. What part do you find challenging when you're working with your characters? And if you have a challenge where I'm not really sure where we should go now. If I get stuck and I'm trying to push my character into something and it's not working, it's probably because the character wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes characters surprise me. After I think about it a minute, this is what they do, not that. So that's important. In my writing, by the time I actually getting and putting it on paper, I know my characters and I very rarely throw even a paragraph away. The story comes to me. It's almost like I'm telling myself. This is really true. A lot of times uh, at night I work an extra hour to see what's going to happen because I really Mm -hmm. don't know. Yeah. You know your characters. You get to know them before you even start to write. I I like that. Do you do an outline prior or you just sit down and you write? When I begin the very first, I work on boards. I live in a um, 100-year-old house. It's a mission house. It's not very Mm -hmm. big, but it has a patio out back, and there's a guest quarters out there. I turned it into a study. Some days I spend all day on the boards. I covered the 
the entire room with uh, whiteboards so I could write the characters down what I was thinking. Sometimes I take a board down, sometimes I erase it, but I write not just my character, but his whole backstory, who his parents were, uh, everything he's done for a living. And when I do that, it helps me. The strange thing is, is once I write it on a board, I never look at it again because by writing it, it's in my head. My characters come alive. In fact, my kids are afraid I'm going to name one in the will. Which am I? Why not? <laughs> well, that brings Jody. me into introducing you to Kathy. Go ahead. Hi, Jody. Um, this is Hi. Kathy. I so appreciate what you said about character development because we've just done two weeks of character development workshops with ACB on this podcast. So you did a great plug for the last two episodes, which we just put up on the web for folks that missed them. Let let me ask you also, you know, our participants here today are writers and authors, people who want to get into the craft, people who are very experienced in it, the whole range. Regarding your own writing craft, what has been helpful for your own continued development? That continues across time. You've been writing many years. I'm sure you've dealt with all sorts of different things along the way. But what helps you continue to grow and develop as an author? I'm a very curious person. If somebody's digging a hole out in the front yard, I'm going to go ahead and ask them what they're doing, how they do it and everything. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just curious. And I find people fascinating. I very rarely have met a person that I couldn't spend hours with talking to and analyzing and figuring out what makes them tick. I think that curiosity has really helped. Years ago, they offered me writer in residence. I was already trying to do this. I love talking to writers and I love helping people because I really believe when you help people solve their problems, it solves your problems too. It's certainly not a love of English or an ability to spell. I can't spell at all. <laughs> and I really, I've thought about this, and I think um, uh, commas were left by aliens. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I think, I think uh, the aliens dropped down to Earth, left commas just above us, mm. and, and yeah. then left. So I, I really, I'm a storyteller, and I love stories. One time I was in a museum, and I saw an old man talking to his grandkids about, now this is how this works, and this in the old days this happened. So I started just following him, and pretty soon I was just part of the group following him and I kept asking questions and he finally said to me girl I've been (laughs) further looking for eggs than you've been in your whole life (laughs) he thought I was the dumbest person he met but I didn't I wanted to know how how they did things back then so you said something that's really important Jody a lot of things that are very important but one I'm going to target in on here and and that's that you're not a writing expert. You're not an English expert. Let's say that. You certainly have the writing craft down, but you don't consider yourself an English mechanics expert. So to be a successful author, how have you overcome that issue in, in your writing and in your publishing? 
What is it that happens between what you write and what the reader sees? I'm very much a storyteller. When I first started writing, I had a couple of friends who agreed to read my stuff and correct the spelling. And then spell check came along, and I thought that was great until <laughs> I wrote a book about how in one part of the book the Apaches attacked a wagon train and they were afraid they'd be massacred. Then my spell check changed it, changed it to manicured. <laughs> and that changes the whole thing when the Apaches <laughs> manage the wagon train. I'd say, yeah. <laughs> and now, after several books, I hire an assistant, and she reads everything that I write, even sometimes emails she'll read them. One time I said to my editor um, at Kensington that, uh, I was sorry that I turned in manuscripts with misspelled words. I know I do. And she said, Jody, if I could write, I'd be a writer. So I can't write, but I can spell. So that's why I'm an editor. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That made me feel good. Absolutely. So, so you know the importance of a team and you're using your strengths and expecting other people on your team to leverage their strengths. Mm-hmm. Right. I am not a wordsmith. I am a storyteller. Well, it certainly works for you. That's very obvious. And you keep doing it the way that you're doing it, Jody, because it's very effective and you're a masterful storyteller. Well, thank so. you. How do your readers come into play with your writing? Many uh, readers that have become friends, best things that they can tell me is, I love this character. Will you put them in the next book? I always think about that. They want to know what happened to them. That was surprising to me that people wanted that. Uh, I remember, I think it was my third book. I was at an autograph party and a lady came up and said, what happened to the baby in the book? <laughs> and I thought, the book ended. I I don't know what happened to the, the baby. And, of course, my husband, the logical one, said, the baby was born in 1823. He's probably dead by now. <laughs> I realized that these people come alive to people, and they want to know. That sometimes we'll start a character for the next series will be because they want to see that character again. Sometimes just them saying things like, will you go back? And I can't go back because I'm on another series, but it kind of makes me happy that they want me to because they want to see more of that series. How far into your career were you before you had an assistant doing different things for you, with you? Probably about book five or six. I had someone coming over one day for about three hours and they handled my pages and my emails. If I come into the office and sit down and start looking at my emails, I'm there all day. Now, Julia's been with me for 17 years, I think, and, uh, <coughs> or maybe 14, but, uh, uh, Julia's a perfect, um, assistant to me because she's got the degrees in English. And uh, she's also my sister-in-law, so she knows my life. It's worked out perfect. I could not write as fast as I write if I didn't have an assistant. 
Jody, uh-huh. this is Kathy. How would you suggest that other authors keep up with technology innovations? You've done some great things with your website, and you're talking about graphic art. How do they keep up with it first? And then how do they make the decisions about when to bring in an assistant or graphic artist or farm out their website, et cetera, et cetera? How, what would you suggest to other authors? I think when the business of writing takes up more hours than you want it to and is, is interfering with your writing, that's when you need an assistant. I've found that I can write twice as fast having assistance. I can rough draft a chapter a week and Julia will clean it up and she'll give it back to me and I'll rewrite it and mess it up again. Mm-hmm. And we go back and forth like. <laughs> <laughs> so grateful because, you know, here you are someone that we all admire and sharing some of the gifts and some of the challenges and how we can keep working through that. You started writing with a typewriter, right? Right. And publishing, publishing has changed a lot too. You've seen quite a transformation. What are your insights in the way publishing is changing? I think it's reaching more and more people. I think more people are reading. Used to, there were very few categories and now there are thousands of categories. And so if you only want to read vampire cowboys who have a list, well, you can. <laughs> Every God. And I invite writers to, to come and sit and we have a critique group. I had two this last week. Sometimes publishing writers want to come to see what's out there because they listen to other people and they see what's going on. And I think it's just good to have someone read your work and hear it. I can't keep up with all the fields, but I try to keep up with women's fiction and romance. And, you know, now my books are called women's fiction, but I still put romance in them because I like mm-hmm. romance. Yeah. <laughs> I like the happy ever after ending. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's me. I'm happily ever after girl, too. My newest one is Picnic in Someday Valley. I, I was laughing because I was writing a blog this morning and I, I was thinking, you know, this is it. My brain's going to crack up one day because I'm promoting book one of the series and uh, book two came out in a couple of days ago. And now I'm talking about it. Book three, I'm doing copy edits on and going through <laughs> it one last time and book four. I'm writing right now. I'm about halfway through. So I'm just going to crack up one day and I laugh and say, one day I'll, whenever my brain just explodes, they'll just move me to the home and I'll sit there by the window and I'll be in Honey Creek and I'll just be happy as I can be. <laughs> yeah, because I'm thinking as you're here, you have a book that came out a couple of days ago that I've been reading. And then when you're talking about book number one and number two, I'm sure you have to be careful about not giving away too much from book three and four. (laughs) It's not like I get them mixed up. It's kind of like TV shows. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't flip over and watch CSI and accidentally think it's Golden Girls. So it's kind of like (laughs) channels in my mind. 
But okay. people say, well, do you dream about them? No, I go to sleep. Before I go to sleep, I tell myself another story. And they're probably <laughs> well, never. I just keep telling. I have more stories in my head than I will ever write. I think you also demonstrated for us, Jody, that we have to have what they might call a pipeline because we do have books in different stages of production or writing projects mm-hmm. in different stages of production. And I know I personally find it helpful that sometimes I can flip over and do copy editing, and, and that's not as intense a project for me to review page proofs as it is for me to do the, the actual writing of a project. So I'll mm-hmm. stagger that throughout my day. Right. But I'll do that, too. Yeah. I, I don't want to do it for more than an hour. Yeah. So I think some people think that you just go linear straight through a book and you don't do anything else. But in fact, we have books at different stages very often as we move along in our career. Exactly. I never thought I would write 50 books. When I started, I was teaching school and I was in grad school and I had two little boys and I realized I would never be able to pay for their college unless I figured out a way to make money and I thought maybe I'll write a book and so originally I was going to write four books so my kids could go to college then I found out how little I'd make on those four books (laughs) (laughs) write more books than that but uh, it's um, it's been a fun adventure I wouldn't Mm -hmm. trade it excellent we want to move to questions now, Cheryl? Yes, that would be great. Penny, do we have hands? We do. Hi, Cheryl. Carol calling Hi, from Carol. me. Hi, Cheryl. Hey there. Yeah. Um, I, I love hearing about your process, um, Jody. And I wondered in a given day or series of days, what does your day look like? I'm always intrigued in how we all do things. It's the process that sometimes gets in the way of me um, or for me. So wondered if you could um, talk about that a little bit more. And thank you. Thank you. I feel like the hardest thing a writer does is manage your time. If you can manage your time, you can write as many books as you want to. And it's the dragon I face every single day trying to manage my time. One thing I've found that um, drives me crazy, people think if you're a writer, you can quit any time. They'll call and say, let's go get an ice cream. And I say, I'm working. Well, you can come back to it, you know, because it's not a eight to five job. I really enjoy getting up. I usually do copy edits or, or things like that in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I start writing. Yeah. But it's uh, I'm fighting time all the time. And we shall always have more time. Sharon Hamilton. I just wanted to say a quick hello to Jody. Um, hello. I, and also to, to Cheryl, who had been a student of mine in the past. <laughs> it's been a real treat to hear both of you. As a reader, I have to say, now that I'm retired, I have to monitor how much I read. Like you say, you get so absorbed in the writing. I get absorbed in the reading, and I have to think you know, about the person, and, and I just get so involved with it. So I allow myself to read, usually just for an hour or two at night and that's it because otherwise I you just get lost in this stuff. I got your most recent book, Jody, and I'm I'm anxious to to read it. So that's all I wanted to say. 
It's good to, to see you again, Sharon. I, Thank you. I'm glad you're staying busy. Hi, Kim. Hello. Hello. That I think is really neat. Maybe you have answered my question already when you talked about always having stories in your mind. Because I'll read books by, you know, so many and by a certain author. And I'll think, where do these ideas come from? How do, how do these people think up all these things? You, you've got a very active imagination and it just keeps going. You think that's true? I think imagination is a muscle than a gift. I think you work that muscle. The more you work it, the more creative you become. Playing a game in the car with the kids of uh, starting a story and then stopping in the middle of a sentence and passing the story on to the next person. Reading helps you be more creative. Uh, I'm not sure watching TV does, but definitely reading. Uh, yeah. many, many times whenever uh, I've re- I'm reading a book, and I usually am reading two or three, they're laying around and I'm reading them all at the same time. And I get away from one for a few days. If I don't get back to it fast, I just make up, up my own ending. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. A new series that I'm working on is called uh, Honey Creek. And the first one is Breakfast at the Honey Creek Cafe. The second one is Picnic at Someday Valley. And the third one is Dinner at the uh, Primrose Hill. And um, they're all about this cluster of little towns in a valley. When I write my uh, small towns, I really I like to write how the people influence each other. And I think that's fascinating. Interpersonal, yeah. <laughs> this is Kathy. I had another question for you, uh, Jody. Um, okay. Regarding, you know, independent publishing has been growing uh, tremendously in the last several years and um, become increasingly popular. From your perspective, what have been the benefits of having a publisher? A publisher pushes you. They definitely do that, encourages you. And also, when the book comes out, a publisher can get it into so many more places than a lot of uh, self-published books can go. As you build your books, as you build your library of books, when you have a new book one come out, that publisher has the ability to make it easy for people to see all of your books. So somebody finds me and they're reading book 52, if they like me, they're going to go back. And, and so all of my all of my books are still in print. So that helps. And I'm in every kind of, and a self-published usually can't do this, and I'm in trade paperback regular paperback, hardback, library edition. Um, I mean, every, every kind book you can have. And that that's an, another advantage. Thank you very much for that. Uh-huh. And Jody, um, we have just a couple minutes. I can't believe the hour goes by so yeah. fast, right? <laughs> I'm wondering, uh, is there any other tidbits uh, that you think are important that you would like to share with everyone? I think 
I think one of the things that has blessed my life with this career is the other writers I've met. And just like I'm getting to know some of you, and it's wonderful, I love writers because mm-hmm. they think. And I'm getting to the point that it's hard for me to talk to people that are not writers for very long because I don't really care if they have a stain on their carpet. <laughs> and I'd rather talk about where to get rid of the body. So, <laughs> so um, I think one of the best things you can do to be, if you want to be a writer, is to develop a group. And an online group is just as great. It really gives you um, a sense of community, and I feel that with the writers all over the country. I've been uh, to England twice and talked to the romantic writers of Great Britain, and I've got friends there, too. So it's wonderful. It's wonderful. That's that's wonderful. Well, we are so glad to know you and have you in our lives, too, now. And you just radiate that optimism and inspiration, and, and we so appreciate that. People need to know, just don't give up. Keep on keeping on, you know, and and that imagination. Thank you for that, too. I do believe it's a muscle, too, and something we work. Thank you so much. Well, I'd love to come talk to you guys again sometime. And we look forward to you coming back to be with us again soon. Thank you, Jody. On behalf of Kathy, myself, and the American Council of the Blind, we appreciate you and so glad you're here with us today. And we look forward to seeing you soon. for joining us today on Writing Works Wonders. Kathy and I are thrilled to spend time with you. A tap on that button that says subscribe so you will not miss our show. You can also tap on the link for writingworkswonders.com. It'll take you directly to all the show notes and information that we shared today. Then you can sign up to receive the Zoom link so that you can be live with us when we are recording. You can also contact us at info at writingworkswonders.com. Our phone number is 347-467-0221. We also have a donate button. All donations go to technical expenses that Kathy and I incur in order to keep this podcast going. Kathy and I want you to feel encouraged and inspired and know the wonder in writing. And until next time, our friends, keep on writing. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.